We are back with another episode of the Business Shorts podcast. I've got Henry here, and today we I want to talk about um, blue-collar businesses. And I think this is an opportunity, or this is really kind of a space that often gets overlooked. And Henry has some experience with it. I've got some experience with it, with, with brokering businesses. And I think it's very much worth a discussion of what uh, what opportunities are in the space and what are the pros cons and and um you know challenges and and um again opportunities that we can take advantage as investors and and business owners uh in this space so henry why don't you give us an overview and and get us kicked off here yeah i'll kick us off so um yeah if you know me you know i have a love affair with blue collar uh industry so um Let's start with before we get into talking about like what we like and what we don't like about it, pros and cons. Uh, let's paint a picture of what blue collar is and uh, the stigma behind it. So, growing up, uh, I don't know, Seabass, how you grew up in Chicago and maybe in the city it might have been different, but um, even in Georgia, the stigma was if you didn't go to college or didn't want to or couldn't or whatever reason you were going to go into blue collar. And uh, I think that, uh, mind mindset and that's starting to shift in today's world, but I still don't know, uh, especially with our working generation, just cause we grew up with it. I don't, I still think the stigma is pretty strong. So, um, there's just a lot of myths and fallacies about the blue collar that, uh, it's not very scientific or it's just all back and labor intensive. And that's just not the case. So, yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll say that the, the blue collar was definitely a plan B or plan C, you know, in high school. It was just like anyone that couldn't get into college or something like that. And it was actually kind of, it felt kind of frowned upon, which is a shame. Um, but that, you know, like that's kind of been my experience growing up. Yeah, I mean, think about like um, we kind of get sorted early in school based on academic intelligence and I mean intelligence use that word lightly but um and if you are intelligent by academic worldly standards then you go to college and I don't know I don't know anybody that was just killing it in like you know gifted classes and AP classes that their plan was to do something blue collar I can't name one can Not you one me neither yeah and um when I went to college, it wasn't even an option or like a consideration for people to even like, for example, a lot of construction is hand in hand with civil and with civil engineering. It was just it was just not talked about. Um, I mean, we did tests and stuff like that. And um, I guess a lot of engineering, but even then you didn't really take into account that there's people in the class that may want to be a bit more hands-on. And, um, so it was just completely overlooked and, and that's, that's a bad thing that we really need to change with our kids growing up. Um, because I know, uh, first off the people, some of the people I work with are very intelligent and, um, for a lot of them, it was a decision to go blue collar like we could all go do something white collar and we just decide very much like office space office space changed my life <laughs> i mean it uh it's very real you know you just kind of get sick of the cubicle and sick of 
reports and thing you can work an entire year and not it not go towards something um but on a lot of blue collar industries and sectors every day you get up and you you make a progress towards a goal that you can see every day um so i i i really feel and hope that we change that stigma but um you know that let's just call it what it is that's the way it was growing up so um and i I think some of our pros and cons are kind of go towards debunking these myths and the first one is about intelligence um because like i said i know a lot of intelligent people and even within the blue collar industries like for example uh, CNC machining, there's coding, like absolutely m- like real code being written and AutoCAD and these things that I learned in engineering school, um, absolutely transferable. Um, and even with concrete, like the civil side of it, you know, it definitely benefits to have a blend. I don't, I don't know why we segment it that way, but um, that's the intelligence part. And the second thing that I think we kind of grew up with the stigmas, the financial part of, um, Hey, I can make $12 an hour right out of school. Let's go do that. And you know, you plateau and that's just not the case. Like there's plenty of money. Um, and I didn't actually learn this until our time at BP when we would go to supply chain and I'm not going to name some of the names, but there's people that I saw that I just were like, this guy is killing it. And you know, he probably went to high school about the same time we did. And like, he's just way ahead financially than we were. Um, I don't know if you can think back to the Wamsutter days, but there were people who were just killing it. And I remember seeing some of the quotes come across, across our desk and submitting a supply chain and then instantly getting approved. And like, it's crazy. That's yeah. I think there's an opportunity there. Um, when you are providing a service to a large company and, you know, when it comes to a percentage of the total project, the total job, it's it's just a drop in a bucket. You know, the book, the company doesn't care that it's a you know it's a seven thousand dollar ticket for a project that's three hundred thousand um, dollars. But the seven the seven thousand dollar ticket goes to a person that has you know four or five employees. He's in business for himself, um, and he's turning those tickets over just over and over, and that's a that's an incredible living for, for someone. And, and that gets completely overlooked sometimes. Yep. And, you know, in our days in oil and gas, when I think about people who had lots of money, but like, uh, like it, there was a lot of money in Houston. Don't get me wrong. Like you can go to the West side of Houston and there's just tons of money. Um, but when you think about any, you can look at world's richest list. I mean, this is not, this, these are not CEOs of, oil and gas companies, they're, you know, service companies or, um, ownership of oil rigs or ownership of oil wells and mineral rights. But a lot of those, they started out, those stories started out very blue collar. Like I've been working on wells since I was 15 type kind of stuff. Um, I just saw a lot of, a lot of wealth being transferred to that, the blue collar man in oil and gas and kind of opened my eyes and, Um, if, if we're hundred percent honest, it, it kind of drove what you and I got into business with the, uh, tubing inspection. That's Mm -hmm. a perfect example. Yep. Yep. I think part of the whole, 
you know, the whole picture is that because of all these misconceptions, I think we're seeing an imbalance in the market. So there's not enough people going into trades that feed into the blue collar industry. And, and there's still a tremendous demand in, in multiple industries, not just energy, you know, not just construction. Um, there's a huge demand for these services and there's less and less people to do it. So economically speaking, there's a huge opportunity. There's, there's a economic imbalance there. So if you happen to be in, in a blue collar field, I I think you are definitely not going to hurt for work. You're going to be able to charge robust prices, you know, great pricing on, on your services in many cases. Um, and again, th- this goes overlooked, I, th- I feel like. No, you're absolutely right. And if you, like, I think the stigma, we talk about the stigma, um, but then you talk about, um, that's kind of a mental, like how we picture people, but uh, from an actual like boots on the ground, a tangible thing, like, is this problem getting better or worse in terms of blue collar supply and demand? I think you're absolutely right. The demand is going higher and we're on, we're trying to send a higher percentage of people in high school to college. Yeah. Like this gap is only going to get worse. That's and right. it depends if worse, it, it's going to get better for the people who realize it and, and take advantage of it. Yep. Nice. Um, so here's, a, here's a thought. Uh, this is kind of the stigma and, and very, um, kind of soft, adjectives and things like that. Let's talk numbers. Um, you have come across some really interesting numbers in your business broker. Walk us through, it's a plumbing business, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Tell me about it. So I, I can, what comes to mind is this plumbing company that, that I listed recently. Um, it consists of a, you know, the owner of the business, he is one employee and it was him and the employee doing, uh, just, residential and commercial plumbing and he made some good relationships with contractors um he got to the point where you know he his business started coming from referrals so he he basically stopped marketing because he didn't need it um and the demand for plumbing is is incredible i mean just think of every faucet every toilet how many of those are there in in a city (laughs) you know so um he positioned himself in, in a in a good place and you know he got to the point where I mean, I, I feel like if I were to ask someone, like, what do you think a, a plumber makes, a two-person plumbing company makes, people would be like, I don't know, $100,000. But this guy was grossing, you know, over $400,000 a year, and he was cash flowing, uh, like, over 200000 like $250,000 for a two-person That's incredible. Company. It's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, like... He he's a smart guy, but he he didn't go to college. He didn't have to go to college. He he went to trade school. Um, he he obviously uh, spent a lot of years in the industry, um, seeing all sorts of things. You know, g- getting experience under his belt, and then he he kind of had the vision of wait a minute. You know, I don't have to be um, the one doing the work. I can be the one owning the company, and I think it paid off tremendously for him. Yeah. Uh, real question: uh, Does he? Does he have a website? Or he, he does. does. He does. He does. And it's very, uh, it's, it's very, very simple, basic. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it felt very informative, not very like, uh, capturing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I, mean, I don't know how much work he was getting from his website, but I mean, I guess my point here is take someone who is, how old was this guy? Oh, he must be maybe 40. Okay. 
take someone who's 25, like Instagram, Facebook, website, um, marketing, merch, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, it's unbelievable. If you could, I don't think scaling, the possibility of scaling is the issue. It's, can you scale? Like, how big do you want to scale and like, uh, how much stress do you want? You know, I think it's, when I really think about it, it's really, when it comes to blue collar, it's almost this black, I don't want to say a black box because it's not mysterious, but um, it's there. You just need to get up, put your boots on and go get however much money you want. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Do you see it differently? No, I mean, there is, there's not a demand issue. And I think a lot of times we struggle with the demand issue because we have a new product in mind and we want to be an inventor and, you know, we dream of the startup. So, you know, this product doesn't exist yet. I'm going to invent it and, and develop it. And we forget that creating a market need or, or really identifying a market needs is very difficult. And having a new product and, and getting people to your product or even a service, it's, it's challenging. But I think what's what's beautiful about blue collar is that there there is already a huge market need and that is never the issue so you're never having to really uh develop like intricate marketing campaigns and and a high converting website and squeeze pages and this and that like you literally just have to provide a good service you you develop kind of a base uh base list of customers and and like henry said you grow it as big as you want and yes there's headaches with growing because you got to hire people you got to manage people and there's back office systems this and that but as far as demand goes there is there's limit virtually limitless demand i feel like yeah and you bring up a very good point because seabass we've we've tried different amazon products yeah. that i feel like i mean it's not a matter like everyone thinks that it starts with a good idea and that's absolutely false. We've had good ideas and it takes an incredible amount of effort and money yeah. and skill and understanding of how Amazon works to be able to get your product on the first page. Oh yeah. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying you've got this process and it costs money and a lot of work to kind of, you know, weasel your product in there but if you were to look at the success of amazon products it's very bimodal like and it's probably front first page you're going to have a few products that do very well and succeed and continue and you're gonna have a lot of products that um get launched like their their first thousand order and then it just falls off and they're very very few in between and that's very much of the white collar industry today if you don't get off the ground, you've probably just lost a few thousand bucks. I mean, and yeah. that's not the end of the world, but it's just, it, it's not as easy as just answering the phone, which a lot of these blue collar, I mean, I don't, not undermining it. I'm just saying like, like you said, it's the demands there. You just need to meet that demand. Yep. So, um, got another question for you. What, is there anything else that that when you look at these businesses of blue collar versus some of the other businesses you look at, are there any things that like jump out other than finances? It's just like, this is, this seems really appealing. Like why would someone who's searching for a business want to consider, you know, this two man plumbing business versus this exciting 
10 man growth company app. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, it's always important to look for ways on how to add value, how to improve, because that that's how you really scale up a business quickly. Um, and you see this at a massive scale, you know, with in the tech world, but we, we want to stay away from that. Uh, I think that there's massive opportunities in the blue collar space when it comes to um, improving a business with, with a couple things. So first of all, I think most of these businesses use outdated processes. They, you know, the, the, the tech world has more or less overlooked them. Um, with some caveats to that, I think, you know, there are, we are seeing a lot of um, like apps and workflows and work processes being developed for the blue collar industry, but definitely not to the scale that we see like in uh, like streaming and web based apps and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so those outdated processes are, 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 an opportunity to modernize, to to make digital, to uh, run business and take business on on your phone and on your computer rather than a typical just kind of carbon copy, which you still see a lot of nowadays, which is crazy. Um, so outdated process, and then the other one is what I see often is that there's a lot of uh, owner operators that are very much in the business. So they are the business and they are the ones doing a lot of the work. Um, they don't they don't really step back and think from a strategic perspective of how do I how do I make these processes repeatable? How do I hire more people? Um, how do I kind of implement these workflows so that it's very easy to hire new people and and have them know what to do right away? I feel like all that is being overlooked. And, and if you can solve that, which it's been solved for many businesses before. Um, if you can kind of crack that, um, I mean, you you could take advantage of the very, I'll, I'll say, unlimited demand and and grow a business as much as you want. And a lot of these owner operators and and current owners of blue collar businesses, they're they just don't even see that far because they've had a successful business for twenty years and they they have a good life and they have no need to you know, do anything else to, to grow it. So that's what creates a huge opportunity for an investor and, and for someone who, um, kind of has that desire to grow it a little bit bigger, um, add, add a few more services, get a little more strategic. I mean, that there's massive dollars involved in, in, uh, in that kind of setup. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I'll kind of give a personal anecdote on, um, we saw a little niche, uh, opportunity in concrete um, in rebar fabrication services and I think I talked about it last podcast but um, look and you talk about opportunity um, with growing and scaling and for example I, there's a lot of concrete guys that are just I won't even church it up they're just downright better than me when it comes to concrete um, but the difference is, you know, where we fit in and what makes us special and differentiate. Um, we were able to uh, do a lot of work on the computer and not even like with Instagram and Facebook, but just understanding um, some of these drafting and drawings that you got to submit for engineering uh, approval. Um, we saw that opportunity and a lot of guys wouldn't touch it or even consider it. Um, and it's, it's actually a pretty easy growth like a very low risk and easy money uh thing we captured so 
um, I, I think as you just get your foot in the door, you'll just see plenty of opportunities in blue collar, whether it be technology or, um, even in, like I said, in engineering services, like I call it white or light blue collar industries of just how do you combine your college degree and apply it to blue collar applications. So, um, the rebar fabrication is a perfect example of, I'm not out there designing drawings, but, uh, because I can read them because I understand, um, what the customer is looking for is just an easy win for us. And it's not going to, uh, be anything to retire on, I don't think, but it is a good thing to start on and watch it grow and we'll see where it goes. But, um, I had another, another comment that you brought up, um, about being involved with the business. Um, as a owner operator, I, I really feel like my kind of going back to office space, the balance of life, they call it a work-life balance. Remember at BP, they had work-life balances mm-hmm. and, um, it's, I don't think it's as simple as just lessening the number of hours you are at work or, um, adding a gym. Like, I just don't think you can add those kind of things and, and it just magically goes back to everybody being happier. Um, and I think the picture I'm trying to paint is, for thousands of years, our bodies as humans and especially men have been wired to, you know, get up and work and think and eat and be with family and socialize. And I think that's the way we've been. Um, and then all of a sudden with technology, now we're constantly connected um, with our phones and email. Uh, we're sitting in cars for an hour plus a day uh, for some people more. Um, we're sitting in a chair for six plus hours a day. Um, and I, I think, I think it's starting to catch up with us both physically and mentally. I think it's a big driver for why Americans have more anxiety, more depression, higher suicide rates, um, lower levels of happiness, uh, higher divorce rates. I mean, it sounds crazy to relate it back to blue collar, but I guess my point is we're spending eight or more hours a day doing what our career choice is. Um, and for some people like the guy in office space, you just get kind of fed up with it and, uh, you don't care about the financial. You just want to get out and be in the open air and live life, live a bad, I think, I think you're going to live a more balanced life, even being at work, just being moving and talking and being outside, getting sun exposure, um, not sitting down. Um, so I, I attribute a lot of that as like intangible reasons for liking the blue collar industries. I don't know if you have a take on that. Yeah, I think it's very valid. I mean, we've gotten more and more digital and we, we sit longer and longer in our chairs and we stare longer and longer at a monitor. And after we stare at a monitor, then we stare at our phones and, I think there's something to be said for for going going backwards in time a little bit and and doing a little bit more of what's what's uh I don't know what humans did for thousands of years before kind of uh we became very um sedentary. Yeah. Um got one last question for you. Um looking at blue collar is there 
I don't think I wouldn't say you're in it right now. I mean, I know you were um, involved with the company that bought our inspection company, um, but I don't think we're out there pulling tubing and doing engineering services uh, for that light blue collar. But um, is there something in the future that you see appealing that you may actually like? Yeah, I think uh, this might be something I like, and and why? Um, I mean, I, I see a lot of businesses come through at, at the brokerage that that I think about of uh, about just you know what what if I got into it? What, what would happen? You know, someone like me, I'm I'm not I'm not that smart by any means, but someone with an engineering degree and and some business education, like what would happen if you put me into like a you know, a sprinkler services company, which I, I am listing actually. Um, it's, you know, to give you an example, this company has, I, I can't remember, over over like 3,000 addresses and, and names that are in the database that goes completely unutilized, by the way. Um, so, you know, you could run a couple um, marketing campaigns on that list alone. And, and I wonder how big could I make this? Because there, again, like we said earlier, there is no shortage of work for, for these types of things. I mean, you think about the number of houses with a yard, um, in the Denver area alone, it's absolutely tremendous. And, you know, you wonder if you had uh, a little bit of money behind you to, to buy more trucks, to hire more people, to implement more process. Um, you could have a, a, a really nice company, um, just, fairly quickly uh, yeah and, and and i hear and this is how i get inspired you know do, doing brokering you hear stories about people that were able to build a giant um call it you know home services company that does landscaping and gutters and snow clearing and and they started by pushing a a lawnmower and this is this is a true story there's a guy who who felt like um, he, he had no, no other options. He had to take care of his family and he started by pushing a lawnmower and now he's got, you know, a dozen crews. They work year round and, and honestly, his net worth is probably, you know, seven times mine. So, um, yeah, I see it all the time and, and, and the opportunity is there. That's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah. I, I like, uh, two segments of blue collar. Um, I've been thinking about this and, I don't think it's anytime soon, but who knows? Um, segment number one is blue collar products. Um, if you, I actually did look up the definition of blue collar, and I, I believe service is actually in the definition of blue collar. So uh, typically service oriented businesses, and that is very true. Um, so every day you're going to a different job, and it's got its own pros to that, you know, a change in variety and all that kind of stuff. It spice of life, all that, but it, um, it is, it makes it difficult to scale because you have to train someone to be able to take all these different types of, uh, services and questions and unique situations of each job. So that's, that makes scaling difficult on a lot of labor intensive services, but for products, when you can go in and punch a time clock and just like churn out products. And that's kind of how our rebar fabrication is. And one reason I love it, like it's, um, it's just really straightforward. And another example is, um, precast concrete. If you just got into making the same product constantly and had inventory and could sell it and move it, um, 
then I really think that's a good gig. Uh, the second business segment that I like is, um, and I think you might beat yourself up over this one, um, chemical. Like uh, if you, there's so many people in every every industry that uses chemicals and they have no idea it is ab it's almost like electricians. So electricians and chemical, those are where like people who know nothing about it. Like imagine if you were in chemicals in the oil field and you would go around, like if you understood chemistry, you were, you're doing the easiest thing in the, it would be like an IT guy going around solving like, you know, Hey, my computer froze. Like uh, this is, Hit control, delete. Like it's really simple stuff to someone who understands it. Um, but to everyone else, it's absolute Greek and you could charge an absolute premium because no one's going to take time to, to put you out of your job because of chemistry. So, that's true. Mm-hmm. um, a chemical business, that's, that's when I got my eye on, uh, but the issue is not, I do not know chemistry, but, um, I don't know, just kind of a dream. Like when we were looking back at oil industries to start, um, chemistry was one of them because I saw some of the tickets that w- people would pay for like methanol when wells get froze up. It's yeah. like, you might as well have liquid gold. It's silly. Yeah, it really is. Um, any, anything else you want to point out pros or cons or uh, sum it up for blue collar? I just think, you know, don't sleep on this opportunity. Um, it's, it's, um, I don't know if we're at just a good time in, you know, in, in history, in the economy where I think blue collar makes a ton of sense and it has a ton of opportunity. There's a big arbitrage opportunity, but, um, you know, don't, don't sleep on it. Uh, I would say, you know, subscribe to a few listings, go see on biz by sell, the types of blue collar businesses that are selling. Um, I, I think you'll be, you'll be very surprised. And, and I think the opportunity is huge. Yep. And I think, uh, this isn't going to be the last time you hear us talk about it. Um, I mean, if I've, I totally left out electric vehicles, I mean, that's a blue collar industry that's going to be, who knows how much that's going to be worth. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not Tesla or Neo who are actually the ones making them. I think there's massive, massive opportunity in like the servicing of, mm-hmm. of electric vehicles. But yeah, I think that's a conversation for another time yep. before I get, we're going to get into that. All right. Well, let's. I think that's a wrap for today. Um, and then let's. Uh, we'll we'll resume this on the next one. Yep. Let's do it again next week.